Welcome to Ongo Podcast, episode 24. Happy New Year, everybody. Date of recording is January 6, 2019. Uh, not a lot of people thought we'd still be doing this well after the World Cup, but Donnie, we're here, baby. We're here. Happy to be here, as always. Uh, we have a, I think it's going to be a really good episode in store for you guys, and just uh, excited to talk about some soccer. Yeah, it's going to be a, be an odd one. Uh, we're in that weird period where there's there was a lot of fucking Premier League soccer and not much of other soccer. So people like Donnie are really happy. People like me are really sad. Lots so of the games. vast majority of people in the world are really happy. Yeah, <laughs> and the Italians and the Germans are <laughs> sad. Uh, we're going to get into all that and a whole lot of news, too. But first... To the byline. It's in! It's an odd goal! It's a gift! Well, he's almost done well to get that in because he's ahead of the near post. It's almost behind him. Sticks his left leg out. It almost hits his heel. And goes straight into the bottom of the corner. Bottom corner of the net. Gets ahead of the ball. It's the inside of his calf. Got no check through the keeper. Astonishing position to get. So as usual, we're going to start with some of our favorite soccer stories around the globe. Um, last episode, we kind of had a strip club theme, and I think it's kind of uh, continuing a little bit on here today. Andre Arshavin, uh, he was a star at Euro 2008, played for Arsenal for a number of years, was seen leading a famous St. Petersburg strip club. Now, this is like a premier high-end strip club called Maximus on top of a horse, which really begs the question... Did this horse start in the strip club? Is the horse just in the strip club? Is it always there? What happened to this horse? I have a lot of questions about the horse, but uh, later on that same night, he was seen holding two women very closely and tightly from the strip club Maximus. And I guess he's just celebrating his new job. He's going to be head of a new Russian youth soccer (laughs) development program. And I'm glad to see that the, the children of Russia are in really good hands here. I mean... He was in St. Petersburg, right? Like yeah. he was in like urban Russia. What the fuck is he doing riding a horse to a strip club? No, no, no. What is he doing riding a horse out of the strip club? That's a much more <laughs> interesting question. Because why was the horse in the strip club? Here's my question: Do we do we know what, what mode of transportation he took to the strip club? Like, did he ride the horse there and take it back, or did he just leave on a fucking horse that he didn't bring? I from the from like the five minutes I spent researching this story, I believe that he left with the horse. He didn't show up with the horse. He you left know, with it. Donnie, I want to start this uh, this new year, new this podcast, new year off on like a trusting foot. But there's not a chance in the world that I believe you only spent five minutes reading about <laughs> the story. Well, I only spent five minutes researching the Andre Arshavin part of the story. The strip club Maximus itself, I spent about two hours researching that. That sounds a a, a lot more likely. Uh, also, Andre Arshavin, not not the only you know, not too distant past English Premier League star in, in news lately. Wayne Rooney arrested in Dulles International Airport after getting back from a, a one day trip from Saudi Arabia. What the yeah, hell? Yeah, the the uh, charges were for public swearing and public intoxication. <laughs> Why don't you read this uh, statement from his spokesman? <laughs> he mixed sleeping medication and alcohol, which made him a little disoriented. Now, this isn't the first time that we've had Wayne Rooney alcohol issues, and you know, I'm just happy where we, Rooney left all the prostitute issues behind like ten years ago. But my question is, who the hell's going on a one day trip to Saudi Arabia? That's so much flying. Also, dude, this uh, why isn't he flying private? So he just like lands at his private strip and just gets right in his car, like. You've made millions and millions and millions of dollars, Rooney. Like, you've got to get on a G4, buddy. This is a, The worst part about this story is that you know he wasn't flying private. Yeah. Come on, Wayne. So, Although Wayne, on, was, Wayne was never known for using his head. Fair enough. Um, that's actually just not true, though. <laughs> no, <laughs> no as in, like, he's not a smart guy. <laughs> Oh, no, there's no way he... Oh, yeah, probably not. <laughs> the World the World Cup is still proving to be the greatest sporting event on Earth. Uh, a recent statistic came out that more than three and a half people... Three and a half... Three and a half people... <laughs> Guys, three and a half people watched the World Cup. How awesome was that? <laughs> Sorry, uh, three and a half billion people watched the World Cup. 
which is more than half of the world's population over the age of four, which is just, that's just impressive. Yeah. I mean, it's not really a surprise in the fact that we've been saying this is the best sporting event since episode one. It's kind of a shame. It makes me sad when I think about how they're just trying to wreck it as we move forward. Oh, yeah. You know, in, in Qatar, as well as with like eight, 800 teams and I don't know. Yeah, else. with Qatar, you have the Slavery Cup, which is fucking awful. And then, yeah, the 800 teams is a bad look. Um, so. Yeah, but but great, great stats. Hey, do you, do you think that like individual states from America can just start – because, you know, they just want to expand so much so can like – Texas get its own team and Oklahoma get its Do own team. Do you really want us to have our own state teams? Like just I, I don't really want it, but I mean, hell, if we're going to expand. Because that means that, that Christian Pulisic and, and uh, Weston McKinney can't play on the same team. I know. It'd be terrible. Uh, Messi's son, Tiago. Why is – wow. Messi's son, Tiago, is kind of a dick to his dad. Um, when uh, – <laughs> When Messi's when Messi loses either with Argentina or Barcelona, uh, Thiago forces him to comment on on like on those losses and explain why they didn't win. <laughs> I actually have so Thiago Messi used to be a little bit of a larger. He used boy. to be a really chubby, chubby kid, but now he's not. He slimmed out. He got his. Ba- he just apparently had a ass ton of baby fat. Yeah. But yeah, he's Thiago Messi, kind of a dick. <laughs> I I, I kind of respect that though. Also, can we just point out that another uh, like association has joined our official banner of anti Neymar? Oh yes, yes we can. the uh, The Brazilian association gives a player for the best Brazilian. A player of the year who's playing abroad in Europe. I think they have one for the best Brazilian yeah, player best playing local, in Brazil, best, yeah. and one for the best Brazilian player playing in Europe. The winner of the best Brazilian player playing in Europe, as decided by the Brazilian Soccer Federation, Roberto Firmino, and not Neymar. I mean, it's the evidence is just overwhelming. We've we've been saying I will, this. I will say Marcelo was robbed heinously. I mean, I do think that's fair. I I would have logged. Heavily for our boy Marcelo, best left back striking combination in the world. Uh, but I think Roberto Firmino is deserving. He certainly, did. and certainly more deserving than Neymar. Oh, yeah, hands down, more deserving than Neymar. Uh, Firmino, I think, is is you know in that attacking three slash four when Jordan Shakiri is on has a lot to work with and can make a lot of happen. A lot happen. Uh, Marcelo is is working at, playing at a very offensively challenged uh, club. Not as big as Liverpool. It's called Real Madrid. Not everybody's heard about him. Uh, struggled to score goals. Struggled to win games. But I think either of those two, hands down, good would have been good picks. Firmino, solid pick. Neymar, suck it. And uh, another, we have now also confirmation that the German player of the year is going to Mr. Glassbones, a.k.a. Eric's one-time lover, a.k.a. Marcus Royce. Dude, Royce? Who, does, who, who doesn't like Royce? Do you dislike Royce? No, not at all. I feel like you dislike I like Royce. He's just—he's delicate. That's all I'm saying. He's, he's very delicate, delicate. He, and, and that's still—that's why I like him. Like if if he hadn't torn his ACL right before the World Cup that Germany ended up winning, I really wouldn't care for Royce nearly as much. But like his injury luck has just been so shitty. Yeah. It's been really, really bad, and you definitely feel for a guy like that. What what I think this really points out is how great his club season has been for Dortmund because with that free kick goal in the World Cup, I kind of thought Kroos was going to be guaranteed as a lock for German Player of the Year. Yeah, but I mean, I think a combination of Dortmund being good and Real Madrid yeah. being certifiably trash yeah, it I just, it was cool to see because I I just kind of assumed that you know and the winner of and they just start showing that highlight of that sick nasty free kick which Royce technically assisted on. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then another story that this will be interesting to see. It's really in its early stages and in its infancy, but Manchester City could be banned from the Champions League for manipulation of sponsorship money. Uh, the, the UEFA investigator was saying, like, he's saying, like, I'm considering recommending the highest 
band possible for what they're doing. And we've been talking about this for years, Eric, when yeah. his owners like have their buddies teams, like sponsor the team so they can make art. Like, they're basically injecting cash into their own team to justify these massive transfers. You and I have always talked about it with Chelsea and with Manchester City, and I really hope some serious action is taken into it because it's kind of bullshit. It's that sovereign wealth, right, where they basically have a blank check um, sponsor so as long you know they can they can get sponsorship money, and I just air quotes when I realize that nobody except Donnie can see, see me. Sponsorship money, quote-unquote, uh, to help them offset their books so it would be really awesome if, if we could see some sort of punishment or, or leverage pressed against Man Shitty. I honestly don't think much is going to come out of this. I, I think, yeah, no I think chance. Even, even if this investigator or investigation team does suggest the highest you know, penalty, it goes to a whole court, a whole like ruling system, which then, then can be uh, uh, you know go to arbitration and, and all this other shit. I I recently went through following all this stuff with uh with Milan last year when when the penalties came down for them and that was for Europa League so much less serious and and man shitty just brings in a lot of money right now for for the whole system so I yeah. I would be shocked but it's at least cool to see see this being talked about because I think it really is a problem yeah and with that I think we it's time to jump into the biggest story. Uh, and that's happened in the last two and a half weeks. And I'm, I'm really, I think we deserve credit for talking for 11 and a half minutes and not even, not even becoming close to mentioning this yet. Like, good job on us, Donnie. Yeah, the restraint was hard, but holy crap, Christian Pulisic, young American, the American Jesus himself, going to Chelsea for $73 million. Wow. For those of you that work in euros, it's 64 million euros. Yes. And, and that is a lot for an American. So player. a couple things that shatters the uh, the record for American an American purchase. The previous one was John Brooks, about twenty two million dollars. So oh, and another record. Uh, he since they bought him and loaned him back to Dortmund, he's officially Chelsea's forty first player out on loan, which is <laughs> goes back to a problem we've been kind of hinting at that there needs to be a cap on how many players you can loan out because that's getting ridiculous. Yeah, and I think there is going to be a cap or there's talks of a cap uh, in future seasons, but the, I do like that point. So Chelsea purchased uh, Pulisic and the within the agreement was that they were going to loan him back to Dortmund for the rest of the season. So uh, a couple of weeks back, Donnie and I were, were kind of joking about how we were finally going to be able to see uh, – you know, a, a, a title challenge to Bayern, but, you know, our guy Pulisic wasn't even going to be there. So it's nice to see that he'll still be there. Cu- curious about how much playing time he's going to get with Jaden Sancho killing it, just scored again in their last game. Uh, but this is really exciting. Man, uh, wow, Chelsea, their style of play with Maurizio Sarri, and the way they utilize the wings and attacking wings, I'm really excited. My my biggest concern is if they slip out of top four, does Maurizio Sarri even get a second season? You know, that's a good question. You know, I mean, you you highlighted it a couple episodes ago, just how um, – I need to stop saying the word highlighted the rest of this podcast, by the way. Um, how fickle um, – Putin's uh, Putin's lackey over there, Abramovich is, and I could definitely see Sorry being fired if he doesn't make it. But I've heard some conflicting reports. Right, I've heard reports where like Chelsea was basically telling Pulisic and his agent that, hey, we're gonna build, we're gonna like sell a bunch of players, and we're gonna try to build this team around you. And then I also saw Sorry himself said, I had no idea we were buying Christian Pulisic. They asked me about him a month ago, and I said, yeah, he's a good player. So, so I'm really concerned about his Pete at Pulisic's PT in the long term. Now I think Sorry is a great manager for Pulisic, but the PT is what concerns me. Here's my because he's not he's not even a guaranteed starter for Dortmund right now. I don't believe for a second that Pulisic was well either was told or believes that Chelsea is going to build the team around him. I have a feeling that may have been a misconception. You know something lot. What I do know is Pedro and William are their two like you know go to white ring right wingers right now, and they are both north of thirty. 
So Chelsea transfer policy is ship out north of 30 and bring out south of 30. That, that's their whole thing, right? You mean bring in? bring in? Bring in south of 30. So I do believe that maybe that's what was told to Pulisic, right? We're going to push out a lot of the current players in that position and we want to bring you in, which that makes more sense, right? Uh, so the, the, the big question is that uh, Hudson Odoi player who's another young young white right winger they have uh, playing kind of people have been talking about him recently so yeah he's been killing it for the reserves and Byron put in a 20 million off 20 mil offer and made Chelsea like shut three, him down three separate offers for him and Chelsea keeps shutting him down rumor is he's not happy and wants to leave because he wants you know senior minutes so we'll see where, where that plays out um, no matter what Pulisic's going to have to you know he's going to have competition for for his spot for playing time, but I I'm excited in terms of where he is. I think Chelsea realized not just you know they don't, you wouldn't pay seventy three million dollars for a player who who they don't think is good, which is a good sign. But they, this is also a purchase for the economic you know American economics right. They they want they want U S dollars. Oh yeah, dude. You know how many you know how many kids we're gonna see next season rocking Chelsea Pulisic jerseys. And I'm I'm actually I'm excited about it. Like I, I'm excited. My question to you is: Do you think we're going to see more Chelsea games on NBC Sports or less? Because they want people to buy the gold package. Uh more. Is this going to? So, because like Man U is kind of the default gets to play on NBC Sports. Do you think this is going to? I mean, be, is this I mean gonna, the most yeah, the most not a big deal. The most popular sports team in the world is this going to dislodge uh, Man U from a couple of those those uh, spots? It was it, it it could dislodge Man U from a couple, but I mean, Man U's not. I'm not that worried about like Man U. Like let's let's just say the branding of Man U. The, the, no, the know, brand strength is very strong. I, I'm not. I'm. I'm. I'm <laughs> it's just a thought I had. I'm, I'm curious to see because you you got to believe that like NBC Sports is pumped through the roof about this, right? The fact oh, yeah. that the most marketable American player is now in the most marketable soccer league to America. Yeah, no, I mean Chelsea are definitely going to get more games, and I think that's good. And I think this is going to make soccer more popular in America. I think you know we're going to have we're going to have an American in the Premier League playing for a top top team. He's, he needs to perform. If he if, if he's, he's if just he, got to break into the if team. he does if he does it's going to set it's going to be set set American soccer back in the Premier League. Luckily, we've got. Even even losing Pulisic, the Bundesliga is strong with America right now, and I fucking love it. Yeah, and hey, let's not forget that uh, DeAndre Yedlin has been a yeah. stalwart at right back for Newcastle for two se- almost two. This is second two seasons in the Premier League. This is yeah. the second season, and uh, let's not forget about our boy Yeti either. But this, this is going to be an exciting move. Um, you know, hopefully he can finish out the season strong. He can impress Sorry during the preseason over the summer and uh you know he can break into that Chelsea first team. That's I actually, wish him nothing but the best. I read something that's part of the reason why he he wanted to go back on loan to uh to Dortmund is he wanted a full summer to impress Sari. Yeah. I, I I like that. Hopefully he'll be able hopefully yeah. And then also hopefully Dortmund will start selling Pulisic jerseys on the cheap. Cuz I want to I'm not going to get a Chelsea Pulisic jersey, but I'd still go for that black and yellow Dortmund Pulisic. Black and yellow, black and yellow, black and yellow. Sorry. All right, Donnie, you want to um, bring back part two of a segment we did during the World Cup? Yes. Um, so I saw another one of these posts online, and I saw some different kind of answers that I thought were funny. So this is a segment we did a long time ago. It's uh, things you can say during sex and during soccer, and Eric and I will read them out. Uh, first one, I don't think there's going to be a clean sheet tonight. <laughs> I hate that you make me do this segment. Also, why why am I the second one? God damn it! It's men against boys out there. That's just gross, Donnie. Uh, my balls, my rules. <laughs> That's the wrong goal. <laughs> He's gone in behind. I don't even. In goes Michael, out goes John. I I don't even get that one. Do you, okay, do you not get it from a sex standpoint, or do you not get it from a soccer standpoint? From a sex standpoint, in goes Michael Alko Sean. So, like, a, it's like a substitution in soccer. Like, I, in I, goes one player, out goes another, and then in sex, it's well, Michael is done, and now Sean is coming oh for my his God. turn. <laughs> I, we'll talk about it after the episode. I, don't, I, we, I, don't, I always have to have these weekly talks with him. I don't operate at a sexual level like you do. <laughs> uh, and then you can't use your hands there. <laughs> That one I added. 
that's a good one. But uh, I, I, I don't know. When when that segment comes up, I enjoy it. It, it provides a good little, it's a good little bit. And now, obviously, everyone's favorite segment. At least, Hawkeye at of least the week. our favorite segment, Hot Guy of the Week. And I believe it's my turn to go first. And you know what? He had himself a really good closing week. It's not technically this week, but a good closing week to uh, his league's first half of the season. The the first ever hot guy of of this podcast, he came on strong in the World Cup with the saucy free kick, and he's just been putting in goals left, right, and center for uh, for Juventus. I'm going with the one, the only, the Cristiano Ronaldo. Oh, arguably, arguably the hottest guy in the sport. Hottest guy in the sport, and uh, and he just had a, a really good you know closing week. He put two goals in in a two-one victory for Juventus to maintain that unbeaten streak, and and, to and I think right before they were down two-one, and he came in off the bench and scored yep. an equalizer to keep it up too. Yep. Um, that's a, that's a great choice. You you, get, you can't you can't argue with his talent, and you even more than his talent, you can't argue with his aesthetic. I mean, those abs are just absurd, especially at his age too. Those abs, make, those abs make me want to give up carbs. <laughs> Uh, my hot guy of the week is a beautiful 6'3", 195 pounds, beautiful dark skin. Can I take a guess? Does he does he have really fun haircuts? He gets a gets a new haircut every week. It's got to be Paul Pogba, and you know, you know, it's minimum ten inches below, minimum ten inches, probably seven on a rack, just fucking hanging to his knees. Paul Pogba, who in the last four games. With that, that troll of a human being, Jose Mourinho, gone from my beloved club. Four games, Pogba's put up four goals and three assists, and he's looking like one of he's looking like the player people want him to look like. And why? Because he's playing in an attacking role. It's an amazing to see what happens when you put him out when you move him out of a defensive position and let him play attacking attacking soccer. Just look at just and then his smile, his beautiful white teeth. He just looks so happy out there. It warms my heart. But it's Paul Pogba. Love it. Yeah, I think that, that that's perfect answer. And now, uh, on to aptitude test, where, Eric, I will start, and I will go with Jurgen Klopp. If he didn't play professional, if he wasn't a soccer coach, what would he do? Interesting. Okay, Jurgen Klopp, if he wasn't a soccer player... He's going to be... Like, well, he's not a soccer player. No, if he wasn't involved in soccer, he's going to be like an experimental German scientist <laughs> who like accidentally creates some sort of a horrible biological disease weapon. <laughs> like, you see... You see. You remember... So from, from the most recent game, the City-Liverpool game, you know when uh, Liverpool scored and he just like... like rummaged into his pocket, pulled out a water bottle, grabbed the water bottle, and just vigorously shook it. That's his yeah, way. That, do, do you know what I'm talking Do you remember what I'm talking about? Like that, that actual yeah, I've, image? Seen that te- I've seen that technique a few times before, actually. But do you do you recall actually seeing <laughs> yes, that? Yes. That's that's what happened to him when the the like disease that he actually creates infects him and takes over his central nervous system, and he's just going all like... He creates modern-day zombie. Like He, he creates the zombie virus. I kind of see him as like a villain in a man in the high castle. <laughs> Unfortunately for him, he really can't shake the whole German vibe. Is the thing? Yeah, he is super German. <laughs> well done, well done. So I too went the manager route on on oh. mine, but I'm going. I'm starting to realize my aptitude tests tend to veer towards the Spanish national team. I want to know what you think about Vicente del Bosque. <laughs> Oh, God. <laughs> this is going to sound terrible. And it has nothing to do with his personality. Just the vibe I get when I look at him. And I don't know if that's better or not, but here it goes. Have you seen the movie Taken? Yeah, yes. Okay. Oh, my you know? God. <laughs> you know the sultan who, like, tries to buy yes. <laughs> Liam Neeson's daughter? Oh, Jesus. <laughs> if Vincent Del Bosque wasn't a soccer manager... He would definitely be on that boat and taken, trying to buy people. So, so he's just his connection to Sergio Ramos to. Yep. Yeah. 
Yeah, he would be a huge client, and I just see him like in like a bunch of like gold jewelry. I don't know. I think it's because he's like a chubby guy. I get like a job of the hut vibes as well, and that's just kind of where I got. I see Vicente Bosque as like the preeminent fish dealer in the Iberian Peninsula. Like you want top of the line fish and 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 like like shellfish, tuna fish, whatever it is. Vicente de Bosque has the the most like fresh to death hookup. So you see him as a fisherman, and I see him as a sexual no, no, pervert like, who buys he's, people. He's not a fisherman. He's like a fishing empire. He yes, he has the he's he's the like you know how Abe Froman's the sausage king of Chicago. Yes, Vicente del Bosque is the fish king of the Iberian Peninsula. I guess I guess in uh, both of our scenarios, there's going to be a bit of a smell. <laughs> That was gross. I, I apologize to the listeners for that one. I had to. Now, if I had said that, we definitely would be cutting it out of the podcast. <laughs> yeah, but uh, <laughs> that's that's true. All right, and with all that, uh, we get, we jump into our Premier League wrap-up. And before we start talking about the Premier League, I just got to say, I love December. The weather's nice and cool, so for it's the only month in my life I don't sweat that much. <laughs> Christmas. Love Christmas, New Year's, but... I love December the most because we get so much Premier League in December. And there's just so many games, and I love it. And I love it. And so, yeah, let's just jump right into it. Uh, I want to build up to the City-Liverpool game. So I'm going to talk about Liverpool and City's three games before that. Liverpool were riding high going into that game. 2-0 win over Wolves, which if you actually look at their record against the top six, they've gotten draws and victories against the top six teams, that's actually a good result yeah. against Wolves. They, that manager is terrifying. I mean, look at what Wolves did to Tottenham. But we'll get to that. Yeah, we're, we'll, we'll, well, we're going to get to that. Uh, they shit-pumped Newcastle 4-1. They shit-pumped Arsenal 5-1. I thought it was going to be a good game. Arsenal scored early. I was like, oh, quit, scored first. And then Liverpool was like, yeah, no, sorry. Game over. You could, you, you um, could argue that Arsenal scored too early because that allowed... Uh, Liverpool to just go all in on the attacking, right? They, they had nothing less to, left to lose, so they could just throw everything forward. And then when they did, they hit that gear, and they just when Liverpool hits that gear, you can't slow them down. Yeah. Uh, so they're coming into this game high, knowing that if they win 10 points with only 17 games left, that's up. That's pretty tough. City looked like dog shit going in. Lost to Crystal Palace 3 2. Lost 2-1 to the once-upon-a-time champions, Leicester City, but then got a 3-1 win over Southampton. So going into this game, it looked like Liverpool had all the momentum, but everyone forgets about one guy all the time. Oh, everyone forgets you mean, you mean, about Sergio Aguero. And I don't know how you forget about him because he's so fucking good. The angle that he scored that opening goal at was non-existent, and he just smashed it. Holy crap, what a goal that was. To get things going, I mean that 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 he should not have been able to score there. It was, and it wasn't even like Allison should have stopped that ball because the way he just smashed that fucker in there. No, no human can react. I, I saw that, and I was just like, "Yep, that's that's the Aguero we've all been talking about. The Aguero who somehow doesn't automatically start for Argentina every time." But yeah, and, and Pep had to like learn that he should always start for him. It took Pep a season and a half to, to auto-start Aguero. Um, yeah, that, that was phenomenal. Uh, but you know what? Liverpool, after that goal, Liverpool came back. And Liverpool, Liverpool looked pretty good. Even before the goal, even before the goal, they had that chance where Mane hit the post. A city defender tried oh to clear it. God. It somehow hit... Ederson, and it was two millimeters away from being on the goal line. And then John Stones did every Manchester United fan and every other fan in the Premier League, because we all know Liverpool are scumbags, a favor and cleared it off the line. And you got to think that if Liverpool don't win the title, which I would, I would sacrifice all of my children that they wouldn't, that two millimeters is going to come in handy. Stones, and it made me think of that John Stones Terry slip. Actually or had, not that John Terry, Stephen Gerrard. Stones actually had two different goal line clearances. One of the that one in the first half, and then he had one less epic in the second half where he was just in the way of the ball. Um, but it was that the game was fascinating. It ebbed and flowed. One team would dominate for you know 10, 15 minutes, and then another team. I think you could say it was pulsating. Yeah, and um, 
I thought I thought uh, Klopp waited a little too long to bring on Jordan Shakiri. Yeah, I think I think he did. Um, you know, for me, as you said, Liverpool responded well. For me, I got the equalizer, and then on a, just a fast break play, Leroy Jenkins Sane. What a finish that was! Yeah, I mean, City won because they had two incredible clinical. finishes. They, City were clinical. Liverpool yeah. Liverpool had more good chances than City did. I agree, but, but uh, they just couldn't take. They couldn't put him in. Yeah, that final ball. The final ball ball was was slightly missing. Some of the build up play though for City with uh with with Salah and Mane and uh, and Firmino was just fun to watch. And then they just they they, they wouldn't convert. But we've so got now, a, you know it's four, four points between the two. It's a tight title race. And uh, I mean, you can't really count Tottenham out of it either. Yeah. Um, I don't. Uh, uh, okay, we can talk about Tottenham because I really thought they were going to be there for a minute. Uh, you, mean, they, you mean when everybody they, thought, you know, they when everybody thought they were going to be there for a minute, and then they and then they went and lost to uh, to Wolves. Yes, because yeah, they ship pump Everton six two, fuck fest at Burnmouth five zero, and then they lose to Wolves. Fuck fest at Burnmouth sounds like like a an R rated Magic Treehouse book. <laughs> Oh, I remember the Magic yeah. Treehouse. <laughs> yeah, that's a great reference. Um, I just don't. I honestly think it, Tottenham. It's Tottenham, dude. I know. Like, I, I think it comes down to Liverpool, Man City. But like, don't you feel a little dirty pulling for Man City? Absolutely. Wouldn't you rather just? I, wouldn't you rather just be like, yeah, it'd be cool if Tottenham could actually win the title, or would you? Would you rather it, Man? Would you rather Man City or Tottenham win the title? I definitely, hands down, rather Tottenham. But realistically, the best team, that team that has the best chance to overtake Liverpool, is Manchester City. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Um. So yeah, that's those are kind of the three teams in the in the title race, and then there's three teams fighting for the top four. You have Arsenal, who beat Burnley three one, then dropped points at Brighton one one. We mentioned the shit. Thing they occurred at the hands of Liverpool, but then they had a shit pumping of their own against Fulham, which is pretty good. Yeah, Fulham's on the fast track to uh, relegation, I think. Yeah, yeah, not good. Uh, Chelsea have been in so many like one goal close games recently. Yeah, um, they beat Bournemouth one nothing. Then they lose to Leicester. That was a, a Vardy goal, wasn't it? Yes, sir. No Vardy, no party, baby. Uh, then they beat Watford two one, beat Palace one nothing, and then their their one goal games died with a zero zero tie at Southampton. Yeah, it's uh, you know they could it's use tight a, for Chelsea. They, Chelsea could use a little reinforcement on that right that right wing. Yeah, a young beautiful American. Hey, has maybe a, uh, be has, their savior. Has United maybe found their new manager like permanently? I'm not going to go that far, but I will say this. Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. Wow. In the four Premier League games he's been in charge, they've scored 14 goals and conceded three. Wait, how many, scored, how, how many goals did, uh, did the Mourinho United score? I, I know that. It I think it's 25 or 26. 26 in, in what? 17. 17 games? He did 14 and 4. <laughs> to be fair, competition has been Cardiff, Huddersfield, Bournemouth, and Newcastle. I agree, but like, Jose Mourinho wasn't getting a lot of shit popping. Yeah. We never scored five goals under Jose Mourinho. No. Well, I actually think this was a really smart move by the powers that be at, uh, at United to clear out Mourinho and bring in whoever they brought in for this stretch of games. This was the perfect way to kind of clear that that toxic air and get the, the club feeling good about themselves, right? They have, they have a, a Tottenham game coming up now, but what was really good was being able to get results and get fun, solid results against the dregs of the league like Cardiff, Huddersfield, Bournemouth, and Newcastle. I have not enjoyed watching Manchester United play the way I have the last month since Sir Alex was in charge. I didn't know we they just su- attack. I didn't know people were supposed to enjoy watching their teams play. 
and I mean, it's, it's, it's been what I've been telling you for the longest time. Just throw out Rashford, Martial, Pogba, Lingard as our attacking four players, and we'll score a lot of goals. So, I know you and I were actually talking about this, uh, you know, in between podcasts. Um, Pogba, hands down, most improved player. Improved in the sense that being put in a position to showcase his talents, right? Not, not yeah, like he's playing not right, like, not like he's playing he, right behind the attack. Not three. like he was shit and now he's good. It's that he's he's being set up to win now. But the the second person right behind that is Rashford, right? Marky Rashford. Absolutely, Rashford. He's been fucking scored, killing it. He scored goals. He's making assists. I mean, he he literally. I don't know. Was it? A, a, I think it was against Huddersfield. Where he made that move against two guys, like he ruined those guys. Those, yeah. those children, their children will be affected by the by what Rashford did. You know, you might know what you're talking about when you were talking about how when Pogba's, you know, when you lose Pogba, you lose you lose so many key players in the in the dressing room. My other question is: Is Lukaku kind of like superfluous a little bit? Uh he's been a bit of a super sub. Is are you in, pay- in two in two of the games he came off and scored, including? Get opening the deadlock against Newcastle. Was he kind of a little expensive to be a super sub? Yes, uh, undisputedly. And then my other question is... The team was there. The team we needed was there. Yeah. Is Alexis Sanchez definitely superfluous? Imagine spending, what do we spend, 75 million pounds on a piece of garbage and then having to look at it. To be fair, he had an assist in the 2-0 win against Newcastle. Did you see in the in the FA Cup when he got subbed off, he accidentally sat in the manager in the gaffer's seat? <laughs> yeah, in Solskjaer's seat. <laughs> I, thought, I thought that was really funny. But I mean, it obviously the competition isn't premier, but you can only play who you play. Yeah, and it's not just the wins; it's the way. It, dude, they all look so happy now, and they're playing such a fun soccer. And you know what? Yeah, we're gonna concede a goal. Because our defense is trash, but we're going to score a lot more than we concede for the most part. Yeah, the real test, and that's what I've always this, said. This Tottenham game is is big both for you for you guys and for Tottenham. It's it's a massive one, and it, I think you, you know it's good for for United that it's going to be at Old Trafford. Yeah, is it? Well, you you listed Man U Tottenham, so I just assume. Yeah, but I always put Man U first, no matter what. Uh, I actually so think it's I, fam. Don't 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 take that <laughs> as scripture. No, it's definitely at uh, Wembley. Okay, well, you made me look like an idiot there, but we won't. <laughs> I won't cut it out because I'm blaming you now. All right, hit me with the table update. So at the top, Liverpool gross fifty four. Second, City also gross fifty. Third, Tottenham forty eight. Fourth, Chelsea forty four. Fifth, Arsenal forty one. But hey, only six points out of the top four is Manchester United at 38. Side note, Donnie and I have a, an end-of-season bet that we made, what, two weeks ago maybe? Yeah. Two weeks ago uh, that I bet him United finish higher in the Premier League table than Milan finish in the Serie A table. What if we finish the same? I think it's a push. Okay. What Donnie doesn't, what Donnie forgot to realize is the curse is still attacking me. So, like, there's no way I win this bet. Or there's no way I lose this bet because Milan's not finishing top four. Uh, and that's going to take us into our Serie A recap. So, uh, Juventus continue their unbeaten run. Uh, string of one goal wins. As we mentioned, CR7 fresh off a, a brace in that 2 1 victory. One from free play, one from a, uh, what's it called? The penalty spot. Probably. Game before that, he came on as like a sixty-minute sub and got the game. Got you know, got the the equalizer to keep the unbeaten run. So Juve is very comfortably ahead of Napoli. They're up by like eight points or something. We're not really calling this a title race. It's 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 pretty boringly in control for for Juve. And also to kind of make matters more boring, Napoli and Inter are are really pulling away with second and third place. Napoli's got like a five six point lead over Inter uh, in second, and then Inter is starting to to get a little cozy in the uh, in that, that third place spot. But as as always, Syria is actually going to be very interesting and entertaining going to that uh, the final four that, that the fourth spot for Champions League. Right now, you have uh, Lazio in fourth, 
with Milan one point below them, Roma two points below Lazio, and then you have a couple teams, Sampdoria, Atalanta, and Torino, all still in striking distance. I don't really believe that those last three I mentioned, Atalanta, Samp, and Torino, are going to be much of a contest, but that Lazio, Milan, Roma, three-for-one spot, looking very interesting. Milan had a very solid start, and then went four straight games without scoring a goal. Pretty shitty time. Uh, it was against teams that bottom half of the league really needed to to win. Ended up losing to Fiorentina off of an incredible uh, Federico Chiesa stunner from like twenty five yards out, and then drew to like thirteenth, fifteenth, and seventeenth place teams. But Iguain at at the tail end of that. That streak broke his scoreless drought, broke Milan's scoreless drought, and delivered a, a victory right right after Christmas. So Milan's kind of been up and down. Lazio have not really been performing to their their best of their abilities and are still looking sitting at fourth place. So if if uh, Sergio Milinkovic Savic can uh, can get his shit together and have a a strong second half of the season. I think Lazio are in a really good position. And then Roma, all we were ever, all we ever talked about for Roma and Serie A, Donnie, was how shitty and how underperforming they've been. And look at them two points out of fourth place halfway through the season. Yeah, I mean, they definitely uh, turned it on. It helps when you have consistent Hawkeye of the Week contender. Um, oh, crap, his name just totally escaped me. Ed and Jekko. Thank you, the Joker. Um, but and so we also had a pretty unfortunate story coming out of Syria with the racial abuse oh, that uh, the Napoli yeah. center back Khalidu Koulibaly yeah Koulibaly suffered. Um, it was really cool to see his manager Don Carlo stick up for him. It was really cool to see Paul Pogba in one of the Man U games wore a, wore a like a bracelet, a wristband. Saying no to racism for him, Cristiano Ronaldo spoke out about it. I and think, so also while the racism itself is terrible, I appreciate the response from the soccer community. It, it was really cool seeing the community uh, band together. The, the game you're referring to was Napoli at uh, at Inter, and uh, Inter has been punished by having to play two home games behind closed doors with no fans. <laughs> that's that's must be so awkward. But like, you know what? Don't be fucking racists. Oh, oh no, no, no! I'm, the punishment is even is light in my opinion. Yeah. I'm just saying, like, imagine <laughs> being used to playing in front of eighty thousand people and there's nobody. Here's what I really want. I was really hoping that one of those, uh, one of those games was going to be uh, Milan, Inter Milan, uh, and and it was just going to be the home fans that weren't allowed to come because uh, then then <laughs> Milan could could fill out, but. Technically, the first the first tie of that of that you know home and home was the inter home game. So uh, hopefully, though, I mean, it's this shit just needs to stop. Yeah, it's Italy kind of sucks. Italy kind of sucks. Well, I mean, I think people. I I don't think it's just Italy. I think you see it in England too. You've seen it in the Premier League. It just seems you see it in the Bundesliga, you see it in La Liga. I think there's just a lot of racism in Europe a lot of people aren't aware of. It just seems to be a little more institutionalized at the fan level in Italy. Yeah, you guys are just more organized about it. Not, hey, don't I'll give lump, you that. Don't lump me into these assholes, man. No, not like you guys, but like the Italians. I'm not even Italian. Well, you could have fooled me. <laughs> um, so let's leave that story behind and we'll go to La Liga. Holy shit, the dumpster fire that is Real Madrid. Oh, my God. They tied Villarreal 2-2 and then lost to Real Sociedad 2-0. Donnie, I don't know what you mean by dumpster fire. They won the Club World Cup. Here's the thing about the Club World Cup. I don't even know what the fuck the Club... How do you qualify for the Club World Cup? You win your um, Continents Champions League. So it's the Asian Champions League... The, the UEFA Champions League, the CONCACAF Champions League, all the Champions League, the Antarctica Champions League. So whoever whoever wins the, the, the actual <laughs> Champions League is going to win that every time. Yes, and if you lose it, ooh, that's a bad look. I'm assuming Real's won the last three uh, Club World Cups. 
Yes. <laughs> okay. So yeah, they lost a real show, real social dad. Um, that's yeah, my, fa- okay. oh, that's wait, my favorite. Okay. Here's my crazy, crazy real sets. Which Real? So, social Dad or Madrid? No, 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 the shitty one, Real Madrid. Okay. Who is their leading goal scorer in 2018? Marcelo. In the calendar year 2018, the leading goal scorer was Cristiano Ronaldo. Oh, Jesus. Who didn't play for them anymore after May. Man, I really thought Marcelo was going to win that one. He scored more goals than Dale and Benzema in <laughs> half a season. Okay, here's another crazy stat. Guess the number of red cards Sergio Ramos had in the calendar year 2018. Just for club? And country. Five. Zero. What? <laughs> I swear. I... I... <laughs> I really don't believe that. Dude, it's like the first time like, <laughs> in his career probably. That's got to be the first time since like he was 10 that he didn't get red carded. Dude, he probably got red carded coming out of the womb. <laughs> the doctor was like, oh, re- card rojo. I think there's a different word for card, but yeah, we'll let that slide. Cardo rojo. Um, so yeah, those are just some crazy stacks. Uh, Atletico Madrid beat Espanyol 1-0 and then they played a good team in Sevilla so of course they tied 1-1 yeah Atletico so what this really means is Barcelona are going to end up winning the league right yeah which is what we said yeah it's just a really slow way it's like it's like eventually yes but they're doing it in a slow creeping way I think they've realized that upset Celta Vigo I know I mean I would have put money on Celta to, to take that victory Dude, Celta Barca, that's a that's the biggest trap game for Barca. And then they also beat Hatafe today. So the table is Barca at 40, Atletico at 35, Sevilla at 33, Alvarez at 31, and Real Madrid would not qualify for yeah, the Champions League if the season ended today. That's the important thing to note right now. Real Madrid <laughs> Sit at sit at fifth place in La Liga, and like I'm laughing, and I know oh Eric, AC Milan are in fifth place in Syria. Yeah, but we've been shit for a couple of years now, so like I'm okay with it. Real Madrid, wow. Real Madrid are fresh off back to back to back Champions Leagues. I want Real. <laughs> oh my god, how do you think Killer Navas feels right now? Yeah, wa- watching fuck. Um, Courtois. What's the fuck? Courtois. I am just not in it today. Watching Courtois sh- ship like two and a half goals a game. <laughs> he's probably like, what the fuck? This immigrant came and stole my job. <laughs> I mean, they're both immigrants, but it's okay. Yeah, but Kaylin Navas has already been there for quite a while. Yeah. Moving Courtois on. More recent <laughs> Moving on to, to boot. Actually, that's a great allegory for the U.S. immigration conversation because Everybody immigrated at some point. Yeah, I know. The, the only immigrants people hate are the new ones. <laughs> Man, we just and, to, and Native Americans who are here first. We hate them too. We, <laughs> we hate the only non-immigrants. <laughs> we just took this shit real political, fam. Uh, Bundesliga recap. The Red Baron. So they've been off for, for a couple weeks now. Uh, haven't played since before Christmas. Uh, but the Red Baron came in in a substitute appearance and notched his second goal of the season in a 3-2 loss to Red Bull Leipzig. For those of you who aren't familiar, Red, the Red Baron is, of course, Josh Sargent. Do you think we could call his penis the Red Rocket? I, I will not be doing that, but I'm not going to stop you. Well, he's a little old for you now, right? Because he's, uh, he's 18. <laughs> <laughs> I hate you. Um and then uh, more important news. So we did, you know, Bundesliga did lose Christian Pulisic, which is a, a bummer for for just, you know, I guess they haven't lost him yet, but but it was always fun watching him for Dortmund. But we got a new young, talented American come into the fold. Just a couple days ago, had his, uh, Tyler Adams' first training session with Red Bull Leipzig. 
And uh, you know this this is the guy who played a couple you know a year or two under Jesse March at, at New York Red Bulls, and now Jesse March is uh, an assistant coach at Red Bull Leipzig. So there uh, he's got kind of good good core around him that that knows him, and I I you know I would I doubt he'll start this the rest of the season, but I'd be I wouldn't be surprised if he started getting some some sub minutes you know uh, a couple weeks into the season. Yeah, and uh, just to add on that a little bit, I've also heard that he's been really impressive in training, really energetic, and their manager, Leipzig's manager, was saying, you know, he can play as a holding mid, he can play as an attacking mid, he can play as a fullback. They're really high I on think him already. They're saying a lot of the same stuff that Shaka talks about Westing McKinney, with basically playing him as a striker all the way to a, a, a wingback if they need. Well, you know, I think maybe America, we're actually evolving the game where, like, players no longer have positions. Like, every player can play four positions. So you really never know what we're doing in the lineup. I, I love it. I think what you need is you need to have one set stri- – you need to have somebody that can definitely play striker. Have some – two people that can definitely – the, the, the Red Baron and his Red Rocket. Have two people that can definitely play center back. One we guy – One guy that can definitely play goalie. And then yes. everybody else can just fucking mix around and do whatever the hell you need them to do. Actually, I disagree. I think you need one goalie and ten fullbacks. <laughs> you know, for a long time, I thought like being like a, the attacking mid playmaker is like the best position in the sport. That's what I played. Um, but as I've gotten older, I think I'm like realizing that like the fullback is the the modern Dude, fullback if, is the ultimate position. If, if we could have ten Marcells on the field, I don't think we'd ever lose. No, the, or, okay. What if we? What if, okay, what if we had ten Yedlins? We'd be so fat. Oh man. Um. But yeah. Did, did you already mention that Dortmund? No, Dortmund and oh, Bayern okay. both won. Dortmund maintained six point lead on Bayern. Uh, I think Dortmund. Dortmund beat Monchen Gladbach, so the, mm. Gladbach is in is in third. A uh, few points behind uh, Bayern, like, like I think two, two, three points behind Bayern. So uh, interesting, uh, interesting. Not not as tight of like a final four chase here. You've got Leipzig right now in thirty first, and then fifth place is three points behind them. Uh, Schalke, they need a they need to kind of get into gear. They're currently in thirteenth out of eighteen, and and bottom two automatically drop with uh, 16th place doing that playoff. And they're currently four points uh, uh, out of the drop. So I just, you know, we want to make sure we see Weston McKinney stay in the Bundesliga. And then I'm, 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 I'm pulling for a Red Bull Leipzig top four finish so we can see Tyler Adams in Champions League next year. I love it. A um, couple of things I wanted to mention before we sign off here. Andre Iniesta tweeted a picture today. And it's like his entire family in the picture. And it's sort of in the background of the picture. These guys are like in costumes. And there's no easy way to say this, but the guys in costumes are 100% blackface. They're wearing blackface. It's insensitive to, to put it's been, it best. It's, it's been up there for a few hours now. How has nobody told him, like, dude, at least delete it? Yeah. It's not a good look. <laughs> it, was, it was just it was it was it was a surprising thing thing to see on Twitter. I really thought you were uh, gonna lead with the John Terry daddy photo. <laughs> Did you like that? <laughs> uh, so I uh, I followed John Terry on Instagram, which is probably a mistake. Donnie's perpetually gonna... worried that John Terry is gonna steal his girl, so he has to know where he is at all times. <laughs> that well, I, actually, I'm not worried at all. <laughs> Oh, because I have no girl, and I, I probably will die alone. So if I never if I never have a wife, who will John Terry fuck? Think about that. So yeah, I follow him, and I his wife Tony Terry, who he cheats on all the time. Obviously, it's like ridiculously beautiful, and it's it's just it's a, how do you cheat on her? But I, I guess for Father's Day, I think Father's Day is at a different time in England. There was like a picture of John Terry. And those like b- balloons that spelled out "daddy," <laughs> and that's just probably John Terry setting up at your girl's house right now. 
Uh, but yeah, that's the podcast. Yeah. Uh, once again, you know, Ungo Pod. Follow us on on the Twitter at Ungo Pod. Uh, reach out to us. I didn't. I forgot to check our, our mailbag. I don't know if we had any. Uh, no, no, we good. Sweet. Uh, please email us. So please email <laughs> ungopod at gmail.com. You know, submit your app, your uh, aptitude test candidates if you'd like. Any questions, anything you want us to talk about. Love to do some uh, more listener. Oh, also, if you if you know of any youth soccer teams in the Austin, Texas area, please direct applications to Eric. Yeah, I'm definitely just going to edit this part out. <laughs> Also, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta go talk to my boy Andre Arshav and figure out how he got that job. <laughs> right, I want to figure out how he got the horse. <laughs> All right, everybody, uh, thanks for listening. We'll be back next week. Bye. God damn, little mama. You know you thick as hell. You know what I'm saying? Matter of fact, after the club, you know what I'm talking about. Me and my niggas gonna be together. You know what I'm saying? Worry about them really though. I'm just looking at you. Shit, you know. Got them big ass hips, God damn. Got the body of a goddess. Got eyes by the peak and round. I see you, girl. She coming down from the ceiling. Yeah, she know what she do. My crib and do that night thing. Night thing. I'm in love with a stripper. She climbing, she rolling, she rolling. She climbing that pole and I'm in love with a stripper. She tripping, she playing, she playing. I'm not going. I'm in love with a stripper.